originally um, I was going to do uh, Mark 6, uh, the first 13 verses, but that's really two different sermons, um, and I, and I, I want to spend time on that, uh, the first uh, six verses. So Jesus left and returned to his hometown. His disciples came along, and on the Sabbath, he gave a lecture in the meeting place. He made a real hit, impressing everyone. We had no idea he was this good, they said. How did he get so wise all of a sudden and with such ability? But in their next breath, they were cutting him down. He's just a carpenter. He's Mary's boy. We've known him since he was a kid. We know his brother, James, Justice, Jude, Simon, and his sisters. Who does he think he is? They tripped over what little they knew about him and fell sprawling. And they never got any further. And Jesus told them, A prophet has little honor in their hometown, among the relatives on the street where he played as a child. Jesus wasn't able to do much of anything there. He laid hands on a few sick people and healed them. And that is all. He couldn't get over their stubbornness. He left and made a circuit of the other villages teaching. All right, so I titled this Getting Past Our Past. We've all, uh, we've all lived with our past. Amen? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, it was funny because when I first came across this uh, scripture, we were, we were talking about General Spirit Christian Church. You know, over the years, we've evolved. We originally, when we started, we were very gay-centric. We wanted gay folk to know there's a church you can come to and it's okay, right? And then we moved outside and the ministry began to change. And then at that point, it wasn't so important that we were gay-centric. What was more important was that we were really without walls, right? And you remember when we first went outside and we put up the sign, what did we have up? We would have the gay Christian flag and the Christian flag as an announcement as to what this place was all about. And then pretty soon the gay flag went away. Right? Because we didn't want people to think that we were just dealing with gay folk. Well, now the Christian flag's gone away. And why is that? Because the symbolism of the Christian flag has come to mean that if you're something other than Christian, you might not be welcome on that pavilion. And so that flag has gone away. It simply has gentle spirit. Hoping that people see that word and they need something gentle, they're looking for something spiritual, and they show up. However, do you know what you'll get if you Google gay church? You get us. If you go out into the community, any bar in town, and start talking about gentle spirit, Christian church, what will they tell you that church is? They will not tell you we're Methodist. They won't tell you we're independent. They'll go, I think they were involved with MCC, you know, that gay church. We got the label, folks, and we can't get rid of it. How about your childhood? Did you get labeled as a tomboy? Or a klutz? Or shy? Or bashful? Or, oh my God? Gay. 
And then as you came into adulthood, you found out that when you went back to your hometown, people were kind of surprised to see what you were now. See what you were doing. And why is that? Because they didn't let go of the past. So why am I telling you all this and makes this story important? Because I think the way this story's been preached in the past is, you know, preachers stand up and they, and they talk about how the people that didn't recognize who Jesus was, and it was right in front of them. And, you know, and then we get into this whole thing about recognizing Jesus for the Savior that he is, and it turns into a, a whole evangelical born-again kind of sermon. I want you to pay attention to this story because there's a deeper story to this. It is about getting past our past. Now, what we don't know about this, if you've been in the traditional church all these years, is what? We don't know anything about Jesus' childhood. Amen? This story, we have no context on this story. Jesus comes back to his hometown. And these people are listening to him talk. And they're sitting there going, well, damn. Where did he get this? Well, why do you think they were doing that? Well, if you read the infancy stories, which are not part of scripture, but part of those lost books of the Bible, and you've heard me tell this story before, the fact that Jesus was, hello, uh, do I dare say this out loud? Jesus was a bastard child. Oh, wait a minute, Pastor. Whoa, whoa. He's the Son of God. You can't say that. No, 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 no. Remember, Jesus was born of a woman who was not married to the alleged father. Number one. And there was some controversy around that. If you read the old readings, the parents, Mary and Joseph, were dragged into the temple and put through a trial because somebody had to be lying. Because they both sat there and said, hey, this is of God. Do that for me if your granddaughter tells you she's pregnant by God. How's that going to go? How's that going to go if you find out that your nephew has a girlfriend and they're telling you, oh, by the way, we're not married yet, but she's pregnant and it was God. It's not going to go over very well. And people have long memories, do they not? Is that not what happens in the church? Oh, you remember Bill Smith, don't you? You remember Bill? He was that guy that got caught in the gay bar. Oh, you you remember you remember Tom Kinkelar, man? He he was he was the guy that got caught smoking. Could have been a great quarterback, but he got kicked out of school because he got caught smoking weed in the back of the school. Jesus, this is this guy that was born to an unwed mother. We don't know where he's been for the last 30 years. And now he's back here and he's in the temple. What school did he go to? Amen. You've all dealt with that, have you? Have you not? What school? You start talking about something and somebody says, oh, where'd you get your degree from? As if that makes any difference in what you're trying to say. Where'd you get your degree? Where have you lived? 
you know, and you come back here to Georgia. I, man, I've seen this. I, I've experienced it firsthand. Where are you from? Chicago. And you get the eye roll. You know? I, I, yeah, baby. When I first came down here, people would pick up on my accent and they would say, and, and I'm, of course, I'm from the Midwest, so I don't have an accent, right? Right. Yeah. right. We don't have an accent. But people down here said I had an accent. And they said, you, you're from the Midwest. That's a Midwestern accent. Where, whereabouts in the Midwest? Because they would say, so I know you're a Yankee, but we're in the Midwest. And I would tell them Chicago, and they go, oh, you're a damn Yankee. <laughs> As if that explained everything there was to know about you. You're from Chicago. That's all somebody in the South needs to know. But, of course, I will say, for those of us from Chicago, all we had to know was you was from the South. And that told us everything. Amen? So then, don't forget, there's the story of Jesus as he's growing up. Y'all heard those stories, haven't you? Remember when he got mad? Kids would die. they just drop dead. He turned a bunch of birds into clay or clay into birds. Oh, yeah, it's, in the, it's called the infancy stories. For those of you who are home going, this pastor has lost his mind, Google it. It is called the Lost Books of the Bible, and it's the infancy stories. And they'll tell you that story that Jesus, as he was growing up, oh, and listen, let me tell you, this was not easy, because when kids started dropping dead, the parents came to Mary and Joseph, more specifically Joseph. And they said, hey, y'all got to move. It's like, I don't know what it is with your kid, but every time he comes in contact with one of our kids, they die. You need to leave town. And as the story goes on, Joseph goes to Jesus and says, look, you know, we know you're special, you know, but you can't be doing this stuff. And I don't know what Jesus' response was, but it says in the story that Joseph grabbed him by the ear, you know, as a parent would any child that's not listening. Amen? At which point Jesus apparently pulls away and says, you have no idea who you're dealing with. Then a little later on in the story, Jesus gets a conscience. Him and God have a talk, I guess. And by the time you get to the end of the story, all these kids have come back to life. Now he leaves town. Do you understand what these people were thinking about when he come back? They're looking at him going, just who the hell is he? His daddy was a carpenter, and his daddy was good, but his daddy's dead. And number one, we're not even sure that that was his daddy. And the rest of his family stayed here. He left. Where'd he go? What'd he do? Who'd he see? Is he married? And now he's in the temple. Does he have any credentials? Is he ordained? Is he a rabbi? We've been here and he's been doing all these miracles around, but who does he think he is? So here's why this story is important to you all. Every one of you in this room. Room? Pavilion. <laughs> Outdoor garden. Outdoor garden. Every one of you, at one point or another, have tripped over this. If I could just get past my past. If I could just 
somehow let it go. Now I'm going to make a connection for you that we don't often do in the traditional church. But do you know that when Jesus showed up to be baptized, you remember that story? And you know how that story gets preached, don't you? John is there and he's in, he's in awe of Jesus because of what Jesus is becoming and what Jesus is doing. And John sits there and looks at Jesus and says, hey, I, I shouldn't be, not me, to you, 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 you. And what does Jesus say? No, you must do this. Do you get it? It's not too late for us either to grab a hold of our relationship. No matter what we've done in our past that we may have regrets for today, and no matter how people may think of you because they don't let go of those memories, where you are in your relationship with God is what counts today. It is about today. You know, you've heard that old saying that the past is past. And don't worry about the future because the future isn't here yet. All you have is this present moment. And so the story becomes in this. The people couldn't see the miracles. They couldn't see that new relationship with God because all they could dwell on, are you ready for it, is the past. That meant that they were blinded to the future. So the story becomes important for us today in this church, in this place, to not dwell on the past. And that includes all those bad, horrible things that the mainline traditional church has done to you over the years. Let it go. It is over and done with. That bad marriage is over and done with. That betrayal in a friendship is over and done with. What you've got today is God standing there embracing you and saying, you are my child, and I am well pleased. God bless you.